Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. I'm at the nail salon. I'm at the grocery store. I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Wait, she's at the nail salon and the grocery store? I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Groceries through Instacart delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store. Hermoso. Lemar y el centro para Bitzel. Griezmann, gol, 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 del Atleti, del Atlético de Madrid, Griezmann, agónico triunfo del colchonero. That was the sound of Antoine Griezmann's 101st minute winner at the Metropolitana in the Champions League. The latest winning goal in Champions League history, excluding extra times. Yes, the Champions League is back. It's been a good week for the Spanish sides in general. Three wins out of four. But now attention turns to the weekend in La Liga once again. Welcome to the Match Day 5 preview here at La Liga Lowdown. I'm your host, Matt Clark, and I'm delighted to be joined once again by Paco Pollitt. How are you, Paco? Ah, uh, very well because football is only a few hours away from being back. And uh, obviously for Valencia fans and for myself, it's been a, a pretty great week. The first one in quite a, in quite a while. Yeah, we'll, we'll get on to plenty of Valencia chat in due course. But uh, the first game of the weekend is at Montilivi. It's Girona against Real Valladolid. Another clash of two newly promoted sides. And on Monday night, we had one of those with Real Valladolid getting their first win of the season over Almeria, Sean Weissman coming back and scoring the winner. Can you see um, uh, Puthela getting anything in this game against Girona? Well, I think it was quite uh, unexpected the way Valladolid were able to pull off that first win last uh, Monday against Almeria. Obviously, it's going to be a, a huge boost for them. Uh, their morale is going to be like sky high after getting those first uh, three points against uh, I think I, a direct contender for uh, remaining in La Liga's uh, Almeria, whereas for Girona are more or less in the same position, right? If you take a look at the, the standings, uh, Girona sitting comfortably uh, mid-table, 12 with 4 points. Valladolid, after picking up those 3 points against uh, Almeria, trying to chase them. Very, very 
close to them actually with with the same number of points but yeah the, the feelings haven't been the same the, the the sensations between those two sides have been quite different so i expect plenty of uh you know a balanced game mm, opening games are always tricky uh whenever you have to check them out and uh, those two teams are very similar in in several spots Girona, I wasn't really impressed in, in match day one, but they have been, you know, slowly making progress. Um, the last few games have been a, a bit better for them, even though the um, scheduling uh, match hasn't been the best, you know, against Celta at home, always a tricky uh, side. They were able to beat Getafe, which were in shambles, and pick up a point against uh, Mallorca. So, all in all, I think they are doing pretty much fine at the at the beginning of this tenure at at La Liga. Very balanced game, mm, plenty of things to, you know, to pick apart if we if we check out the the game, but overall I, I smell, I don't know why, the, the, the typical Friday night game, only a few goals, if there are, at any point, and, uh, you know, a draw is, is floating up in the air. Yeah, I know what you mean there. Could be one for only the diehard fans to tune into on Friday yeah. night. Well, on to Saturday then, and, uh, it's your team, Valencia. They travel to Vallecas to take on a Rio side who still haven't won at home since last December. So home form, clearly a problem for Andoni Iraola. As for Valencia, well, they are absolutely flying, as you touched on, after that fantastic 5-1 win over Hetafe last weekend. Can they continue where they left off? Well, actually, they are pretty close in the in the standings. In Rayo Vallecano's case, uh, they were able to start with um, good feelings, not uh, losing in the first two games, picking up four points, but uh, the last two have been uh, two defeats. And, uh, you know, um, even though I'm a huge Easy Palazón fan, I-, I believe that Valencia at this point are, are, are far superior, both in playstyle and in players. I, I expect Valencia to, to finally show away from home what they did a few days ago when playing against Getafe at Mestalla. Uh, it seems that uh, Cavani won't be fit to, to play this game yet. Um, possibly Gabriel Paulista will be available. And uh, overall in injury news, I believe it's, it's a, huge, a huge blow. Not not in the sense of being the starting keeper, but yeah, uh, in, if we speak about the morale of the of the team and the and the atmosphere in the locker room, uh, Jaume Domenech being out for around five six months with a knee injury that is going to be a, a huge blow for the for the spirits of the of the team. Even though Mamarras really will be the starter and and that is going to be covered. So overall, Valencia should try to keep the consistency and the play style, the the beautiful play style I would say that they showed against Getafe away from home. Whereas for uh, Rayo Vallecano, will try to once again become that uh, you know side which pestered um, the opposition whenever they went to Vallecas, which is always a tricky stadium. Even though mm-hmm. you always have the kind of you know strange atmosphere with fans. Hundred percent backing the side, but uh, with full frontal opposition against the board, which is something which, by the way, Valencia know very, very well. So it's uh, you know some sort of, of mirroring between those two organizations. Yes, absolutely, very good point there. Um, next up, we have Espanyol taking on Sevilla, and well, this could be Lopetegui's last chance saloon. We've been saying that for a while, but we do understand yeah. that he will be on the bench for the weekend after despite that 4-0 defeat to Manchester City. Uh, and he's taken on the man that many would have picked to replace him had he gone in the summer, Diego Martinez, who um, has got that first win with Espanyol under his belt now. Uh, the, the home fans should be optimistic going into this one. Uh, how do you see it going? 
Well, I think that uh, fate uh, has uh, quite a few ironic uh, signposts al along the way. Diego Martinez, remember back in the day, he was the manager for the uh, B team in, in Sevilla. And eventually he went to Granada. He did a great job and he was one of the most in-demand uh, coaches in, in the market. And, and suddenly, you know, it seemed like Premier League teams didn't come in with their offers and that's why uh, he had to take on the the uh, Real Club Espanol um, offer and he has been slowly trying to make uh, the Periquito side uh, pick some steam no? in, the, in the first few games he wasn't able to do so with the opening one against uh, Celta even though he, he, he salvaged the, the, the late um, drawing goal penalty I remember against Celta then they lost uh, at home uh, precisely against uh, Rayo Vallecano. Against Real Madrid, they had nothing to do at home. And against Athletic Club, in a game with where I, you know, 100% uh, had uh, Athletic as the favourite, they were able to to beat them with yeah. that single goal scored by Martin Braithwaite in the last few minutes. So I think with the with the, their new addition to the to the um, forward line, they are going to improve quite a lot because that what was what they were missing in the first few games. Even though it seems that Raul de Tomas and Diego Martinez are trying to mend things up and they are trying to get him once again into slotted into the 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 squad because he actually wants to play the World Cup with Spain and if he doesn't has if he doesn't have uh, minutes and uh, the chance to score he won't uh, have the chance to to go with the Spanish national side. And uh, if you have that in one corner and compare them to uh, Sevilla, who are facing this game as an absolute final for Julian Lopetegui. Remember, Sevilla only one point out of the first 12. Um, already chance after uh, that Champions League fixture against uh, Manchester City with even former president Del Nido, which was, mm -hmm. by the way, locked up in jail and he's already outside. But he was in the stands and he was uh, chanting the um, Pepe Castro Dimisión, which is <laughs> absolutely amazing because you never uh, get used to seeing a former president chanting against the current one. But that's Sevilla, you know. It has some of the most ironic and beautiful uh, coincidences of, of the Spanish football. So overall, Lopetegui is in, in, in serious danger of, of getting the, the sack. And uh, I would say that even a short, unconvincing win by Sevilla wouldn't be enough to save his head. So they will need to perform very, very well against Espanyol uh, if he wants to remain uh, on the bench for at least uh, a couple more weeks. Yeah, an absolutely huge game for Julian Lopetegui and Sevilla. Just to put it into context, what we saw on Wednesday night in uh, in the Sanchez Pituan, it would be the equivalent of... Uh, Jose Maria Bartomeu turning up at Camp Nou and then just calling for Laporta to, to resign. It, yeah, that's, that's how crazy Definitely. the situation is there. Um, yeah, absolutely chaotic in that club right now. We'll see how that one goes. Speaking of Andalusian sides in trouble, Cadiz hosting Barcelona. Uh, Barca have scored 15 goals, 16 goals in the last four games. Um, could this get pretty ugly for Cadiz? Possibly so. Um, I have to check... Out, you know, we have a number of uh, different collaborations over here in La Liga Lowdown, and as our listeners know, uh, we, you know, from time to time uh, check on the the different odds in in the, in the betting houses, and and I believe I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm sure that this will be like the most unbalanced game 
possibly of the whole month of September because Barca are in a, in, a, in a riot right now. They are playing beautifully. They are scoring left and right. Lewandowski is on fire. They have won in the, in the opening game in the Champions League. They are able to, you know, have the chance of overtaking Real Madrid depending on the results this weekend in La Liga. Whereas for Cadiz, it's four defeats out of the first four games. You know, they haven't scored a single goal. They have allowed 10 in. Things are looking bleak for them. So um, I think we have talked about this already in, in the last few preview podcasts, uh, Matt. Yeah. We talked about the reinforcements this, this summer, or better said, the lack of reinforcements this summer. They needed yeah. quite a few players. They didn't get them, and they are paying the price. You know, the, the iron price, as they say in Game of Thrones. So they are going to have a rough night against Barca, possibly so. Uh, we can expect quite a few goals, and let's see if they are able to turn things around because I'm checking out their um, following games, and they are facing Valladolid before the break, and after the, the international players are back, they are facing... Villarreal at home, Espanyol at home, and uh, playing against Girona away from home. So not the best mm. opposition in order to pick up the first points of the season. Yeah, it always feels like it's important to get that first win before the international break because that's when you know directors of football and presidents might want to pull that trigger when there's that two-week break for the for the national team. So yeah, um, on a, on a positive note for Caddy, the last two meetings with Barca last season. They won one nil at Cam now and were nil nil in uh, Caranza at the Nuevo Mirandia. So they didn't concede a single goal to Barca last season. I'm not sure that's going to be the case on Saturday though. Uh, to round off the action uh, is Atleti at home to Celta. We had that dramatic winner from Antoine Griezmann late, late, late in the show. Of course, he won't start again on on this match either because we we've talked a lot about the, the crazy situation have, where he have comes on Have we explained this already? I believe we explained it like seven times already in the in the first four match days I think so I think so yes but just in case you haven't heard listener uh, if he plays a certain percentage of minutes with Atleti uh, the club will be obliged to pay Barcelona up to 40 million euro yeah. uh, as part of that loan agreement so that is why he's being used off the bench at exactly the same time every week um, and he's doing okay off the bench he's scored what three goals now off the bench including a couple of winning yeah, goals I, I, I believe so, so. And, and as I said earlier uh, people who are you know keen into into betting they can take advantage of, of it and say okay Griezmann is going to get subbed in in the 62nd minute and they will nail it like every single week because <laughs> that's the way uh, things go with Cholo Simeone yeah about, the, about this game obviously the, the, the lack of Griezmann uh, as a starter against Celta is going to be uh, a problem for Atletico because he's one of the most informed players of the team. Uh, yeah, and Celta have been pretty much uh, surprising in, in several games. You have to talk about, once again, uh, Diago Aspas, which is, I believe, already all talk or, or here, right? Uh, people will think, oh, these guys in La Liga Lodan are always talking about the same topics. But <laughs> he deserves so. Right, he deserves it. You can't ignore 100%. it. Hundred yeah. yeah. You can't ignore how good he is, how amazing he is, how brilliant he is, and how informed he is this season. Yago Aspas has been scoring quite a few goals already. Celta Vigo seven points, sitting comfortably in the eighth place, and mostly thanks to Yago Aspas's scoring ability and also the way he's playing, because I believe he's at this point possibly in the most mature level of his whole career. He's been this way for already a number of seasons. Remember that Celta are playing uh, next week against uh, Valencia. That is going to be a fun one. They beat uh, Cadiz last week 3-0. They beat Girona away from home with one goal. Uh, they only lost to, to Real Madrid this, this season to date, which is something 
absolutely understandable. So overall, I think it's going to be a very fun match to watch uh, because Celta are always the team which um, is able to surprise everyone whenever it counts on them. Yeah, it could be some late drama in this one. And just to let you know, listeners, Luis Enrique will be announcing his Spain squad for the Nations League mm -hmm. matches next Friday. Just thought I'd mention that. We'll see, we'll see if he gets included. There is certainly a growing I see what you did there. <laughs> Was it that obvious? Anyway, there's plenty of um, content on our substack, uh, com. We've got a couple of pieces there looking at Yago Aspas and whether he should be on the plane to Qatar. So check that out if you're in the mood to do so. Uh, that'll do us for part one. Uh, after the break, we'll talk about all of Sunday's matches as well as the Monday night game, including Real Madrid against Mallorca and Eche Athletic. Join us soon. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to La Liga Lowdown. I'm here with Paco Pollitt and we are previewing match day five in La Liga Santander, the best league in the world. Uh, Sunday's game, it kicks off in the Santiago Bernabeu. It's Real Madrid against Mallorca. You'd think it should be five wins out of five for Carlo's side, but Mallorca have only conceded penalties this season, none from open play. And uh, there's no Benzema. So what impact will that have? Who will start? Will Eden Hazard continue his kind of false nine role? Or, um, or, you know, will Madrid be able to get the job done or will Mallorca surprise? Yeah, I think so, because we have seen uh, quite a few times already that Carlo Ancelotti is, you know, a 100% Benzema guy. And whenever he's not there, he uh, prefers to, you know, shake up things on, on the play style and on the, on the tactics rather than, you know, placing just a, a substitute number nine. Back in the day, Jovic didn't work. Uh, I think that Mariano doesn't have that kind of consideration to the manager and that's why uh, Eden Hazard played uh, a few days ago in, in last match day in, in, that, in that position and also um, in the Champions League. So, yeah, overall, uh, Real Madrid are the favourites. At this point, they are just cruising through uh, the competition because they are working like a clockwork uh, stopwatch. It, it works like super precisely every single aspect of their of their game, whereas for Mallorca could be, you know, that kind of wild card, random side which is able to perform the best uh, of their ability suddenly in a huge uh, scenario like um, Santiago Bernabeu. So that is going to be uh, quite tricky for Real Madrid. I believe it's going to be quite interesting, uh, quite interesting game. Remember, Murici is on fire. Kangili is having the, the season of his life so far. In the first four games, I believe he's shown that kind of potential that he did back in the day in, in Valencia. And if you check out the, the results so far for, for Mallorca, as you said, they are only allowing goals from the penalty spot. I think that the way 
um, their manager has been able to make them a very tight at the back uh, side, uh, very, very consistent, only allowing that kind of goal. They were able to beat Rayo Vallecano away from home. They were, they were able to hold on, uh, you know, hold their own ground against Athletic Club away from home in the in the in the first game. Uh, yep. Overall, I, I think they they are doing quite well. But um, you know that game against Betis was the the only case where I saw one of the of the teams being superior to them because of the of the mm. way Betis are playing. So overall, it's going to be very interesting the way Aguirre tries to deactivate all of the potential which uh, Ancelotti has uh, at his hand. So mm, yeah, Real Madrid favorites, but interesting game regardless because they are, they can be very dangerous. Mallorca can be very very dangerous, especially on the count at the at the counter offense. Yeah, bit of a, bit of a free hit in many ways for Mallorca because, as you say, no one's really expecting anything of them away from Definitely. home against the champions. So we'll see how they get on there. Next up is another team who really need a result. It's Elche. They are at home to Athletic Club, who are. They'll want their own response after getting sucker punched last weekend, as we mentioned earlier, in that game against Espanyol. So two sides here on the back of defeats. Uh, Elche, of course, hammered by Villarreal in the local derby. Pressure also beginning to mount on Francisco a little bit because they've also had a quite a poor start. And despite their forward line, the goals aren't really coming at all. So another interesting game, this one, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Because uh, as you said, uh, Elche had uh, that kind of, uh, I would say potential to get up to the next step of the of the ladder and become one of those teams who are swimming around in the in the mid table without really suffering uh, the whole season but again last last year for example I expected that from Levante and they they failed to to deliver so Elche could be perfectly what one of those kind of sides where do you ex- expect something from them because you've seen them playing well uh, very well uh, you've seen them playing to to a, a high level and suddenly they drop nobody knows why nobody knows uh, the way the things are are falling out especially at the back because they are conceding goals very easily mm, easily uh, avoidable goals I would say whereas yeah. for Athletic Club um, if you you know Try to forget last uh, week's game where actually Iñaki Williams wasn't really that fit to play and, and, and it showed because he, he wasn't at the top of his game. He tried to force his way into the starting lineup. Uh, overall, they have been pretty great uh, this season. They hammered had it away from home against uh, the the yellow side uh, for Neil away from home. They beat Valencia at home, which is not going to be easy this season. Uh, they held their ground against uh, Athletic. I don't know. They are they are doing pretty well so far. Ernesto Valverde, everyone knows. And if you don't, you are listening to this. You are going to know now. I'm uh, a <laughs> um, you know fervent uh, admirer for Ernesto Valverde. I believe he's one of the best coaches around, and he's going to do a remarkable job this season for Athletic. So. Ah, uh, yeah, in danger, danger for for Elche, Athletic Club, nothing to lose. They're going to go for it and try to uh, pick up the three points away from home because they're n- going to need these kinds of win if of the wins if they really want to aim for European spots. Which, by the way, I think they're going to be candidates literally t- till the last uh, match day, till match day thirty eight. Mm. Yeah, fascinating race for those European places and already shaping up to be quite a few clubs in that relegation scrap, as always, which is just how we like it. Plenty of drama in all the matches to be seen. 
the next one on Sunday is another similar sort of mm-hmm. game. It's a, a struggling side against a Basque giant. It's Hetafe against Real Sociedad. Uh, yeah, we we touched on Kike Sanchez Flores already. Um, I'm sure you've got plenty of things to say there. Could Real Sociedad's Europa League game away at Manchester United, could that have a bearing on the game? Do you think Imanol's side might be a little bit uh, tired or, or leggy after this? Uh, obviously, a big game for them in Europe. Obviously, whenever you have to play um, midweek in European competitions, you're going to face a number of problems uh, a few days from there in, in the in the week in the weekend game. Um, but I don't think it's going to be that tough for Real Sociedad, mainly because the showcase from Getafe last weekend was one of the worst I've seen in quite a while. It's true that Valencia did a remarkable job, uh, you know, thrashing them with five goals at home, but they had it very, very easy. Like Getafe gave away so many chances, made things so easy for Valencia overall that I was utterly amazed at, at the way uh, Kike Sanchez Flores side, which is well known for his for his outstanding defensive progress, was was able to concede so many chances to Valencia strikers. So I think they are in trouble, um, and that's the typical case when you see, as we've said already in this podcast, that they have made very interesting signings this summer, and they have a very good looking side, a very good looking, I would say, starting lineup. But mm. the manager isn't able to make the pieces fall in the proper place. And that's their main issue because they have been unable to um, uh, rejuvenate their, their backside. I think Soria as a keeper shouldn't be the starter because he was very, very lacking against Valencia. His, his performance was very poor. Uh, the midfield isn't uh, as strong as it used to be. And in front, they are unable to, you know link those plays from the midfield to, to the strikers and that's why they, they were almost um, like a kitten in Valencia's hands. So in that sense, um, possibly playing at home, trying to be more you know comfortable in their shoes when playing in front of their crowds, uh, they're going to give away the ball to Real Sociedad who are going to be the ones uh, charging uh, forward with the ball possession. That is going to be more or less the script of this game. But... I expect Getafe to do much better than against Valencia, whereas Real Sociedad might get to this game a bit tired, even though they have the quality and the players. So um, Umar Sadik is going to be a menace, an absolute threat for Getafe. I expect Getafe to do something more because I would surely like Kike Sánchez-Flores to remain at their bench because I'm a fan of, of the manager and it would be an absolute pity that after doing such a good job last season, he was sacked after only five games. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, uh, surely Hitafe can't be as bad as, as last week. And and I do think my mind kind of casts back to last season because Hitafe lost, obviously, the first seven games. In their eighth game, they drew at home to Real Sociedad. And even even despite that point, Michel was sacked. So interesting yeah. kind of parallel to last season there. Uh, I just I, As you say, I think Real Sociedad might be a little bit tired. And if Hitafe can start well... Could be a bit of a tricky, tricky evening there for Imanol's side. Uh, two more games left to cover then. The first of which looks like the game of the weekend on paper. Whoa. It's Real Betis against Villarreal. Two of the sides who, of course, in Europe this week and both will be hoping to finish in the top four this season as opposed to the Europa or the Europa Conference League. Both rotated their sides for the European the European games on Thursday. Do you think they'll be going into this you know, full strength and with a lot of uh, determination to get another win? 
Yeah, in uh, Villarreal's case, I believe it was quite amazing the way they, they overly complicated their game against uh, Lech Bothman. Um, and also in Real Betis' case, well, I think they have enjoyed the the week much more than they deserve so too, because you know Sevilla lost against Manchester City, and Erin Haaland was <laughs> training in their in their in their stadium in their ground and and going into a locker room and you know joking around with with Joaquin Sanchez. So overall, Betis fans have enjoyed this week, even though they didn't play, <laughs> even before playing European competition, and now. Uh, Speaking more seriously, they are facing possibly one of the most um, challenging games remaining in this first half of the of the competition at home because Betis have uh, become renowned for the strength when playing at the Benito Villamarín. But Villarreal are one of those sides uh, who don't actually change their play style whenever playing at home or away from home. They are always going to try to favor the ball possession, trying to have as much... As, as much control of the game as possible and they have absolute dynamite in front so um, I've been very very impressed so far with the way uh, Gerard Moreno has uh, kick-started his season also um, I wanted to check out the the stats because I was uh, very very impressed with the the way he played last weekend um, this guy coming in from the from the youth academy game uh, Alex Baena or Nico Jackson? Alex Baena with a couple of goals uh, midweek. No, but I'm talking about Nico Jackson. You know, mm. he, he was incredible in the way they, yeah. they they thrashed the opposition. He has the pace, he, he, the speed, the the quality, the finishing. He he reminds me of the breakout season of Samu Chugwethe on the opposite wing. Ooh. Um, and he became one. You know, I'm an international player. Uh, uh, and Nico Jackson gives me that kind of vibes that back in the day uh, Samu Chigwethe in his breakout season two years ago uh, had for Villarreal. So it seems like Unai Emery doesn't uh, only do things well when he gets brought in quality players, but he's able to nurture quality players from the ground up in the youth academy system. Uh, overall, this game is going to be hands down the most interesting one of the weekend. If you guys have to check out only one of them, Leave Real Madrid aside, leave Barca aside, leave Atletico aside. Just check out Betis Villarreal, especially if you are not fan of either of them, because this is going yeah. to be an absolute treat for any football lover. Great for neutrals, yeah. And Villarreal have already won at the one at the Civitas Metropolitana this season, yeah. and they still haven't conceded a goal in La Liga. So Betis they have to put their shooting boots on if they want to beat uh, Geronimo Rulli. Uh, the final game of the match day is on Monday night, and it's Almeria against Osasuna. Almeria, of course, we've, we touched on a, a little bit earlier. They got that late defeat against Real Valladolid. But uh, struggling for goals without Umar Sadiq, I think, is probably going to be the story, isn't it? Yes, that is the main issue for for Almeria after losing their main striker in the last, in the in the nick of time, you could say. Um, and actually, the, the, the opposite side isn't going to make things easier because I'm... I've been checking out all of the, the games played by Osasuna this season. I think that uh, Aymar Oroz seems like the top five, one of the top five contenders for breakout star of the season. That 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 mm. that kid is pure quality and also has the you 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 are born with it or you are you, you miss it. You need to have the skill to be able to score when maximum pressure is mounting on you. And this kid seems to uh, do things without thinking on the repercussions, without thinking on. 
the fans, the stands, the pressure. He just plays like he was playing on the streets. And uh, and that's why he has, you know, been one of the breakout players in the first four match days. He, he scored against Rayo Vallecano, even though they, they needed that late uh, Ruben Garcia uh, goal in the 90th minute. But so far, Aymar Oroz has been one of the best uh, players of the of the league, whereas for Almeria, obviously missing on on Umar Sadik is going to be a, a, a huge blow for them. Um, they were able to beat Sevilla two weeks ago, but missing that uh, striker meant that against uh, Valladolid they were able to, you know, they didn't play to their usual uh, standings, and I think that uh, they need to pick up wins. Especially when when uh, playing at home, Estadio Juegos Mediterráneos uh, are not going isn't going to be a, a stronghold, I believe, this season because one of the teams who uh, gets up promoted from Segunda are never going to make a stronghold from their grounds, and that's why they need to take every single chance they have of picking up points, securing them at home, and try to get them into the bag because whenever winter winter comes around. People will get nervous, and Almeria Ruby knows that it's very important to have that kind of baseline to work uh, upwards from. And if you get to October, November with only a handful of points, uh, things are going to look very bleak for Almeria overall, not only for the management, but also for the whole squad uh, uh, regarding the, the second half of the competition. Mm. Yeah, it feels like an important game already for them to just try and reset after that departure of Umar Sadiq. Well, thank you very much, Paco. That's all we've got time for on this edition of La Liga Lowdown. Check us out on Twitter at La Liga Lowdown. Um, and yeah, check out our Substack as well. Look at all our content on there on our newsletter. And enjoy the weekend's games. As Paco says, it should be a fantastic one, especially that uh, Betis VRL on Sunday night. We'll be back Monday morning with a recap podcast of all those games. And until then, thank you for listening. Adios. <laughs>